welcome everyone to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty, and all are welcome here. We're so glad you're all here this morning and want to extend a special welcome to our visitors. We're so glad you're here. We come from a tradition that sees the spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us now. It's our tradition in Unitarian Universalist circles to begin our services by lighting a chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. So please turn to our words that we recite together in your order of service and say them with me. Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning. My name is Carolyn Greminger. I'm helping out with the service today. I've been attending this church for about 15 years. The time has gone by quickly. Our first uh, reading today is a responsive reading in your gray hymnal. It's responsive reading number 512. If you would uh, open up, if you're willing. And I'm going to read the print, and then if you will read with me in the italics. We give thanks this day. For the expanding grandeur of creation, worlds known and unknown, galaxies beyond galaxies, filling us with awe and challenging our imaginations. We give thanks this day. For this fragile planet Earth, its times and tides, its sunset and seasons, we give thanks this day. For the joy of human life, its wonders and surprises, its hopes and achievements, we give thanks this day. For our human community, our common past and future hope, our oneness transcending all separation, our capacity to work for peace and justice in the midst of hostility and oppression, we give thanks this day. For high hopes and noble causes, for faith without fanaticism, for understanding of views not shared. We give thanks this day for all who have labored and suffered for a fairer world, who have lived so that others might live in dignity and freedom. We give thanks this day for human liberty and sacred rights, for opportunities to change and grow, to affirm and choose. We give thanks this day. We pray that we may live not by our fears, but by our hopes, not by our words, but by our deeds. We Unitarian Universalists don't have a set creed. There's no list of beliefs that we all have to sign on and agree to. So sometimes people ask us, well, what holds you all together? Well, I think there's a lot that holds us together. We have a set of principles, a set of values, and out of those, we form our mission. It's our common purpose. We put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading today is from David O. Rankin. It's called Dancing in the Empty Spaces. All life is a paradox, a blended soup of changing ideas, a subtle balance of conflicting needs, a fragile alliance of opposing values. The world is a process, a mystery, an unfolding. 
Limited in our perceptions and born into an infinitely evolving universe, we are creatures of sheer ambiguity who grow only through enduring the tension and exploring the boundaries of the unknown. So let us dance in the empty spaces. Be nimble and be quick, for we are on an odyssey that lasts forever. This is the time in our service where we breathe together. And breathing together, we enter a quieter time together. We follow our breath down to that deeper place inside of us, that spark of the divine, that place where we may know more comfort, more gratitude, more wisdom. And entering that spark of the divine, we enter a moment of silence together, remembering that the sounds of small children and of human life are a part of the sacred silence in this church. Now let us enter a silence together. So, you may be wondering what Carolyn and I are doing sitting here in these two chairs underneath our two ferns. <laughs> We decided to do something a little different today, to let our sermon be a conversation between the two of us and therefore with all of you about spiritual practices of gratitude. We thought it might be comforting to have something that was a little more free form and perhaps a little less formal. So, Chris, um, we've been talking about this for a while, and it's kind of morphed into different kinds of things, but why did you want to do a service on gratitude today? Thanks, Carolyn. I, I think I want to begin answering that by acknowledging that there may be folks among us today that are still feeling afraid and hurt from the election. And events in the past week may have re-traumatized some of us as we saw all these incidents of bullying and hate crimes that happened as we watched Trump appoint people with a history of racism, misogyny, and other forms of bigotry to keep places in his new cabinet. And that's not okay. And we have our work cut out for us if we're going to curtail the worst that these folks might do otherwise. And so it's completely understandable if some of us are still feeling afraid and or hurt and or angry. The thing is, though, it can be hard to reconnect with that which sustains us, with that for which we are grateful when we're having these kinds of feelings. And yet there's this paradox that if we can reconnect with gratitude, that may help us move through these feelings or at least channel them in directions that allow us to begin to take healthy action again. So I say all of that to start out because I just want to acknowledge as we have this discussion about practices of gratitude that if any of you are here today and finding yourself thinking and feeling, I just can't go there right now, that's okay. That is perfectly understandable, and I hope that it might prove helpful to you later on at some point. So why did I want to have this service about the spiritual practices of gratitude? Well, because they can help us at exactly times like these. 
And because, as you know, you and I did a class together, one of those adult religions education classes, and it got me, and it was on spiritual practices of gratitude, and it got me curious because I'm a science geek, so I went and did research on what do we know about gratitude, and it turns out that it has lots and lots of benefits for us. So I wanted to do a worship service to share those benefits and these practices of gratitude with a lot more people than we could in just a classroom. So you don't have to go to the academic journals like I did. If you do a Google search, it'll bring up all kinds of great information on the benefits of having a practice of gratitude. I just want to give you a few examples this morning. Practicing gratitude increases feelings of happiness. It improves physical and mental health, reduces blood pressure, and increases productivity. One study found that people who practice gratitude were rated as more physically attractive by their peers. So there we go. we got to practice it just for that reason. <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to mention, though, is, you know, we, we kind of sometimes have this, it's an attitude of gratitude. And the study found that's not actually how it works. It's the practicing of the gratitude that makes the change in us. The, the attitude follows the doing. So if we're journaling or whatever it is about what we're grateful for, it's the actual act of journaling that benefits us. So, Carolyn, I want to ask you, how did you get started practicing gratitude? So, um, the way I got started was in 2013, I was diagnosed with cancer, and that kind of opened you up for some possibilities of (laughs) peril and scared times. Um, And I was on Facebook then, as I am now, and some people, it seemed like I was diagnosed in November. So, in the month of November, I don't know if you all noticed, if you're on Facebook, it's kind of a thing where people do this daily 30 days of gratitude. Uh, So I started doing that, and grateful seeing is something I want to talk about. So not being all Pollyanna or anything like that, but just instead of looking at what's going wrong, purposefully looking for what's going right, developing grateful seeing for everything that's going right in your life. So the practice is a daily journal, and this year I got a brand-new notebook. (laughs) And every day I just write down, you know, today's date and then three things. Sometimes I don't have three things. Um, One thing I did different this year was I asked on Facebook, I asked for gratitude buddies. I said, you know, I need some accountability partners. So several people responded, and so that's kept me accountable to keep up my gratitude practice. Another really cool thing was I have a cousin named Mary who lives in North Texas, and I haven't seen her in probably 20 years, and she's been one of my gratitude buddies. So now that's opened up the possibility of us actually seeing each other over Christmas. So that was really cool. So I like to call it gratitude and community. (laughs) And it's been wonderful. And another thing, another response was people that I never would have thought responded, you know, they'll like, like what I say, and then they'll add some things. So that's really cool. So one thing I kind of wanted to mention, too, was being grateful even for hard situations and mistakes and people who've hurt us. Instead of regretting mistakes and remaining, becoming and remaining bitter, we could reframe the situations uh, to see what the challenges have taught us and what lessons we've learned and how can our responses be a better person. So, as Chris is saying, the Internet's a great resource, so I just kind of wanted to give you some actual um, ideas that I learned from Helen Russell. Like, if you just... If you just Google gratitude practice, you can see this. So she recommending committing to it. Like Chris said, not just an attitude of gratitude, but something you actually do is transformative for me. Begin writing it down 
and feeling it, like even looking at these pictures, you know, just taking in that beauty, feeling it. Some sadness may come up. Don't hurry the process. I'm a morning person, so I always do mine first thing in the morning. Practicing present moment gratitude brings me back to the present moment, sharing the gratitude. And like with an exercise program, don't stop when she starts seeing results, but keeping it up. It kind of builds upon itself. And lastly, allowing yourself to be human. Like I said, like today, um, you know, when you're busy, whatever, you can start over the next day. You don't have to be a perfectionist. So, Chris, how did you get started with the gratitude practice? Well, it was my first year in seminary, and the seminary required us to do um, what was called a community studies, volunteering for a local nonprofit organization for eight hours a week. And I, I volunteered with a place called Family Elder Care, and one of the things they had me do is every Friday I would set up a conference call for some elderly women who were disabled and homebound, most of them were African American, where I would dial them in so they could get on the phone call and have community with one another. And I started to notice that despite their situation, every conversation, they always wanted me to read a poem or a story for them, and that always led every conversation to how grateful they were for life and for that day. And so these were people that when they got up in the morning and said, I am grateful to get another day, they meant it. And so they weren't focusing on that they were at the end of their lives and they weren't complaining about their disabilities and their pains and everything. They were expressing gratitude. And so I got so much more from them than I was ever able to give to them. And, and so then, in, in the middle of doing all that, the school required us to do what was called a beauty walk, to go around with a camera and find things of beauty to take pictures of. And a couple of the women were on Facebook with me, and I started posting the, the pictures to Facebook. So then if I got to that Friday call and hadn't put up some of these pictures, I got in trouble. So, so they became my accountability partners, and it became a practice. And what I find is having the camera lens makes me focus in on things that I would have otherwise just walked right by and never even seen. So it makes me so much more grateful for the beauty that I'm experiencing Carolyn, you used an interesting term that I want to ask you about when we were talking earlier. What does it mean to be transformed by conscience gratitude? So my main spiritual um, practice uh, every day is meditation, Buddhist meditation. And in Buddhism, of course, they talk a lot about waking up. So, you know, I'm not a salesperson, but I could sell you this thing about gratitude. I mean, I went through some really scary times waiting for test results and everything, and I could have gone to a really dark place. But it was very transformative, and then sharing that and sharing the encouragement with others. Once again, it, it brings me back to the present moment because one of my little things is there's always something to worry about. There's always something to be scared of. Um, finding instead the grateful seeing, the beauty in the present moment. And changing in your, my attitude, and it always seems like with our consumer culture of always wanting more, expecting more, what's the next thing I'm going to be doing, moving from that attitude to more of contentment and peace, and moving from dissatisfaction to appreciation for what is. Another resource I wanted to tell you about that I was given this year, um, you can just Google gratefulness.org. And if you're not coming up with any ideas in your gratitude practice, it gives you a wonderful quote. So that's like spurred on some attitude. So it's gratefulness.org. Chris, what's another way that you practice gratitude? Well, um, 
besides being a science geek, I'm a computer geek too, so I have my little notes application on my phone that syncs with all my computers, and I started getting up every morning and writing down three things for which I'm grateful. And I did this for a couple of years, and now it's gotten to where I don't do it every day because I was starting to repeat people's names and things like that. And so, But now I've got these screens and screens and screens of things that I've listed out for which I'm grateful that in times like these I can go back to. And, and believe me, my fingers sore from scrolling through those things the last couple of weeks. Um, but, but it really is very helpful, even though I don't always write down three things anymore, to to still have that to be able to go back to and, and realize that there's so much more out there that I should be grateful for that doesn't come immediately to mind, especially in difficult times. And that brings us um, to a good example of, of something we'd like to do to invite you into an example of practicing gratitude with us. We're going to start with a meditation on gratitude. So I invite you now to close your eyes. Close your eyes and bring your attention to your breathing. Breathe in, breathe out, in and out. Notice how your breath moves in and out without your having to do anything. Breathe in and out, in and out. Now, in a moment, as we breathe in and out together, on the inhalation, I invite you to say the words thank you silently to yourself, to remind yourself of the gift of breath and of life. We'll do this five times. Breathe in. Breathe out. 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 Now I invite you into a moment of silence. And in that silence, to think of three more things for which you are grateful. It could be people in your life, favorite places, the beauty of nature, whatever inspires gratitude in you. Then after the moment of silence, I will invite you to speak your three gratitudes aloud if you, aloud if you wish and or to write them on the post-it notes we have provided for you. And again, if you wish, to place your notes on the windows in the foyer that overlook the courtyard. They're just to the left as we go out. Let us enter into this moment of silence together. I invite you now to speak aloud that for which you were grateful and or to write it down. Please join me in saying our words by which we extinguish our chalice that are printed in your order of service. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Each Sunday we close our service with a benediction. A benediction is when the minister 
wishes a blessing upon all those who have gathered in the religious community to worship that day. Sometimes we do this with spoken words, sometimes we sing. Today, I want to do this by telling you what a blessing it is for me to get to do ministry in this church alongside our amazing senior minister, Meg Barnhouse. I am so filled with gratitude for this religious community. I love you. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.